Hey there, friend. Welcome into the Render Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. I have a short little mini series that I'm super excited to be talking to you about as we are in real time actually looking for our next warehouse and showrooms. And we are kind of nearing that process. And so I'm going to keep you in the loop of how we are um, going about this process and how we will actually move. Listen in today to today's episode. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, so the first step that we want to really get into when you're looking at looking for new warehouses and showrooms and um, essentially where your next HQ will be, you have a few things that you want to plan ahead on. You want to determine a few things. And this might be your very first move. Maybe it's your second or third. Um, but this process that we are in the midst of in real life, like actually happening right now, is this will be our fourth move. So just a little bit of history into where and how and what we've done for moving in the past 11 years that we've been in business. My first move was from my own garage into storage units. And so what that means is we had everything in my garage on little racks that you might find from, you know, Costco or something. And then we decided, you know what, we need to have somewhere where we can call our home and office out of, um, pull trucks up to and all that. And so what our next step was is storage units. Now, storage units will be your friend probably for most of the lifetime of your business. In fact, currently in real time, we have another storage unit in our lives because they honestly are a really great option for when you need to have just a little bit of extra storage, but you still have some lease left of your warehouse or wherever you are. So even if you start in storage units and in storage units or have storage units throughout your business, um, please know that they are there and they are accessible um, and they are a great wing to your main HQ when you need it. So our first move was from garages to storage units. And there we honestly kept adding storage units until the price monthly of storage units really outweighed what we could have gotten in a warehouse. And so our second move was from storage units to a warehouse um, just down the street. I mean, it was probably 10 minutes down the street from the storage units that we originally were in. And so when we moved in there, I was brand new into figuring out warehouses and what does that look like and what do I need? And I really was blind in that whole process because no one had really shared that. And there honestly wasn't really any podcast or education at the time of how to find that. And that was, gosh, I was almost eight years ago. Jeez, that is a long time ago. So eight years ago, I got our first warehouse and 
Um, it was a combination of warehouse and a office area that had four private office areas that were probably like eight by eight. They were super small. And then a common area with a little foyer and a hallway to get to the common area for meetings and such. It had two single-use bathrooms and an electric blue floor in my warehouse. So part of my negotiations with them is, hey, I need to change that to like a gray or a black or something or a white um, because when I put furniture here, I can't have an electric blue floor. So from there, um, we ended up having to add on extra storage units because at the time, gosh, probably a year and a half in, I ended up buying out another rental company that was in Anna, Texas, probably about an hour and a half or so from my HQ at the time. And I needed more space because I couldn't fit all of the stuff that I acquired from that business buyout um, in my warehouse. So I had to get another, gosh, I think we had like three or four storage units and only two or three of them were consecutive. And then we had a, another one or two in another area of the storage unit yard. Um, and that was okay. I mean, it's different than having it, you know, right on site with you, but we had to make it happen. And then a year later, I had another opportunity to do a partial buyout of another company that still is in business. They do floral here locally in Dallas, um, but they had a whole rental division and they didn't want any more. So I ended up buying out their whole rental division. And at the time, I needed to add on either five more storage units to make 10, which they didn't have the availability to. So I would have had to go to another storage unit. Or there was an opportunity, Caddy Corner, for my la my warehouse that I had to get 3,000 extra square feet by sharing a warehouse with another company. And it was actually a really great deal because that other company, they did furniture repair. So anytime my furniture came back damaged, I would say, hey, Sherry, I need you to help me get this rehabbed and back into working condition. And so it was a great partnership. So when my lease got to the end, I was splitting between a 3,000 square foot place and another 3,000 square foot place. And it just was super inconvenient to have two of them. And so when I got to the end of my lease, I said, okay, we need to reevaluate, get another warehouse. And I actually would like to be closer to where my events are actually happening, which for me here in Dallas, a lot of our events at the time and still to this day were happening in downtown Dallas. Now my warehouse was in Carrollton, which was about 45 minutes away. And so me moving down to the design district being more like 10 minutes away from downtown saved me so much payroll uh, money, gas, tolls, all the things that helped me make a better business decision moving down to the design district. And so that's where we currently reside and are continuing our search for another HQ. So when we moved from Carrollton to the design district, that was a pretty big move as we were moving down a highway. It was further away. It was from two places to one. And so there's a lot to do with that. And so our second episode of this mini series is going to be talking all about how to actually physically do the move. So we're going to come back to that. But today I'm going to teach you um, a few different steps. We're actually going to go through four different main points of how you need to determine what you need to look for in a new warehouse and how to make this process seamless 
and efficient at the same time. So our first point that I want to talk to you about today is planning ahead. So there are three different things that I need you to determine before you even start your search in the first place. So the first one is I want you to turn to determine when you actually need to get out of your warehouse or your storage units or wherever you're at. And so if you have a storage unit, you're probably on a 30 day notice. Um, if you have a lease, you probably have a specific date that ends your lease. And so determine when you actually need to move out. And then I want you to try to plan your search to be three to six months before that ending date. And the reason why is because sometimes when you find a place, you sometimes need to make some updates to it, whether it be just paint and flooring, maybe you need to add on office space. Maybe there's some certain things about the warehouse that just need to be updated because it's outdated. And so all that to say, you want to start ideally three to six months before you actually need to move in somewhere so that it gives you time to find somewhere, something, negotiate any dealings with that landlord, and have enough time for construction to happen to in order for it to be move-in ready for you. And I think we all know how long construction actually takes compared to what they actually quote. There also is a period of time in, in your city and state, it might vary, but you also have to have a CO, which is a certificate of occupancy, and you have to file that with your city. And so somewhere like Dallas, Texas, there are a lot of people requesting COs, and so that can take a few weeks to a few months to actually get that back in. And so once you get, once you get um, your lease done, it's... Uh, it would be a good decision to get that CEO request in as soon as possible because it can take some time. If you're in a smaller town, perhaps they can push that out same day. But you do want to make sure that you allot some time in between when you actually commence your lease and when you move in. So you have to determine a few timeline things first. The second thing I want you to determine is what needs that you expect to have for the next five years at minimum. And so there are a few things that you need to determine with this. The first is going to be your team growth. What do you hope to do as far as your team growth over the next five years minimum? So if you are a single owner of your company, you run it, you do the deliveries, you do the sales, you do the marketing, it's just you. What do you want your team to look like five years from now? Do you want to add on one person? Do you want to add on five people? Do you want to add on 20 people? That's going to make a difference in where you decide to office. And the great thing about this is when you get a whole warehouse and office spaces, I did this with my last place, by the way, is I was, it was just me. And I had a high school roster of boys that would come and help me do deliveries because it really paid for their date nights and pizza when they needed it. And so it was just me at the time, but I had plans to increase my staff to hire on full-time operations people. I had a plan of having two to three more people within the next five years. I wanted to hire someone for marketing. I wanted to hire more people for um, my sales team. And so that means I was going from one person to potentially five to seven more people. And so I got a warehouse that had four um, different rooms that I could have as offices. 
And so because I didn't have those people right away, I decided to sign a month to month or an annual contract with other people who wanted to sub rent my office spaces. Now this is great because it one helps pay for your rent. It two helps build connections with other vendors in your market. And three, it allows you to fill up those spaces until it's time for you to have someone on your team. Okay, another thing that I want you to determine as far as the next five years is your square footage. Now you have to determine this based on the products that you have currently right now and how much space you're taking up currently. If you are in your garage or you're in storage units, you can simply figure out how much space you are utilizing within those storage units or garage and determine your growth plan over the next five years and the products that you want to add to your inventory. You also want to determine the needs that you'll have for vehicles. Now, when I started, I had my own personal pickup truck. Yes, I drove a pickup truck and trailers. And I had a plan to increase those vehicles by adding another longer trailer. I had like a 14 or 16 foot trailer. I wanted to add on a 24 foot trailer because our events were scaling in size. And then I wanted to eventually add in a box truck and a sprinter van and all those things. And so when I was looking for my warehouse, even the one that I'm in right now, I didn't have those box truck and sprinter van at the time. I had my trailer still. So I needed to somehow have some sort of a ramp or a drive up space, but I also wanted to make sure I had dock doors as well because when I did get those sprinter vans and box trucks, now it's super simple to load in. If I had a drive up or just a ramp, it would be harder with my box truck and sprinter van um, today as I'm operating. And so that's why you need to determine what does your vehicles look like over the next five years when you're signing a lease. So the last thing that you want to determine is your inventory cleaning needs. Now what this means is if you have furniture, for example, you have rugs, things like that, you're probably going to want to invest eventually if you haven't already in some sort of a carpet cleaner or furniture cleaner that is powered like a steam cleaner or something. Well, you wanna make sure that you have enough plugs for that. Well, perhaps you have a floral department like we do, or maybe you have dishes or you have things that you have to wash in a sink or a basin. That's something that you want to determine as well is what will I need to clean my inventory or operate as normal that I need to look for in a warehouse, okay? So those are things that you need to determine. So the last thing that you want to determine as you plan ahead is your budget. And that includes a few different things, not just your base rent, which is typically a price per square foot, um, which also, by the way, that's um, they determine that per year. So when you are calculating, and they might say uh, for easy math, $10 a square foot. And so if you have $10 and let's say you have uh, 5,000 square feet, then that means you are going to be $50,000 a year. So divide that by 12 months, then that's going to determine what you will be paying monthly. But oftentimes that number does not include what they call CAM, which is my name, but it also stands for common area maintenance, which is kind of like an HOA, how they take care of the sidewalks. They make sure that any common area gardening is done and things like that. And so common area maintenance usually is not included in that. 
Um, same thing with what they call OPEX, which is typically when you're like in a strip of different um, warehouses, they call it OPEX, which is operating and expenses. So that can include any like mail service or maybe you all are on a water meter or things like that that are ran through that specific company or that building. And then there's a thing called triple net, which is kind of including or excluding what those extra costs are. You also want to make sure that you are accounting for your insurance and utilities. There are places online that you can look up um, the square footage that you will maybe um, be acquiring and what that means for your utilities and what you're going to be spending for your air conditioning and um, your gas and your heat and all that. Now, insurance, you should probably get in touch with your insurance agent to understand the square footage that you are now acquiring based on the area that you are acquiring it in because your insurance can go up based on the area and the square footage that you have. So those are the three things that you need to determine to plan ahead. So the first one is you need to figure out your timeline. The second is understand your expectations and your needs for your warehouse and your team and your vehicles. And then the third is determine your budget. Now, the second thing that I'm going to teach you about is using softwares to help you find the places. Now for commercial, there is a um, online service called LoopNet. It's very similar to Zillow that you might use for residential. So LoopNet, you can filter through the area that you want to be in as, along with square footage, what your needs are, and your budget. And it'll come up with a search result of what is available in that area. So LoopNet is incredible to be your best friend throughout this process. And then you also want to make sure that you are vetting any of the agents that are options to you. You certainly do not have to have a um, real estate agent for your commercial property. I've done them on my own, but real estate agents can be super helpful as they have another service, kind of like in residential, you can use realtor.com or Zillow, but real estate agents have the MLS. So in commercial, they have LoopNet, which is kind of like what's available to the public. And then they have another internal service for commercial properties that they have access to as well. And so on there, there's things that we can't see as a public, but agents can. So you certainly don't need an agent, um, but sometimes they are very helpful. What I would do is get some referrals from some friends of yours who have done commercial leases as well and ask them about their agent. Um, typically, more commonly than not, you do not have to pay for any of those fees like you would in a residential. Typically in residential, the buyers pay 3% and the sellers pay 3% to that agent. But in uh, commercial, the landlord is paying for those agents, not you. So make sure that you vet those people very, very well. If you are like me in real time, I am doing these loop net requests of like, hey, I want to see this property. And now I have like probably 10 agents that are uh, vying for my attention that want to represent me. And I'm like, y'all, I have already vetted some people. I already have some people that I'm going to use, but thank you so much. So that is the next step is start using LoopNet. Get an agent if you can, um, but you certainly do not have to. 
The next one is you want to actually go on some tours. This, I think, is one of the most fun processes, is actually going to see these properties in person and getting to dream up what it would feel like and look like for you you and your team and your business to reside there. It just is so much fun to see these places and just dream it up. So I have a few steps and tips that I want to give you for going on tours because um, if you were like me, sometimes you just like shoot at the wind and you're like, I just want to go on as many as possible. So here's my suggestions to you. I would set up a few days for you to go and view some properties and try to set up three, um, at minimum, like three showings a day up to seven. I would not do more than seven. Honestly, I'd probably stick around like three to five, but seven if you're really kind of in a, a crunch to get something because you're going to start thinking that they all look alike and you're going to forget. So three to seven showings a day at most. Um, I would certainly bring a laser tape measure device to measure out certain things. A lot of times in commercial, there is less regulation along the layouts and the surveys of the property than there are in residential. And so a lot of times, if you're looking at older buildings, they have done some work and not updated the layout or the survey of the property. And so you want to make sure that you bring a laser pointer. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I went on a tour in the warehouse that I went on a tour of. There was no office in the layout, but when we arrived, there was like five offices and bathrooms and a break room and all this stuff. And so we had to measure some of those things. So bring a laser tape measure to measure. You certainly can do this with a um, like a walking uh, measuring stick. You can do it with um, an actual measuring stick or a tape measure. Um, I just find that a laser tape measure is um, easier because it can fit in your pocket and you don't have to, um, you don't have to do as much work for it. So that's what I like to do. Um, take lots of pictures. This is really important because a lot of times there are not a lot of pictures online of these properties. A lot of times you see um, just the layout or just a couple crappy photos. And so taking pictures is really, really important to remember what those properties look like. And then following each um, session that you go on, every showing that you do, you definitely wanna write down any updates that you might want to see happen. And this can be anything from paint to additional office areas. Um, perhaps it's updating the bathrooms, um, maybe it's updating the floors, maybe it's adding on offices, maybe it's adding on dock plates, whatever it looks like to you in order for this to be a move-in ready situation, write down those updates that you might want to see happen and then potentially put together a little pros and cons list about the property and then any questions that you might have for that landlord. So you can do this either in the notes section of your phone or um, on a spreadsheet or if you have a little journal with you. Just jot some of those things down. But those are important to write down following each showing. So if you have three in one day, you're going to make three different notes after every single showing that you go on. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get home later that afternoon. And you're going to say, what was that one property that had that one thing that I wanted to change or do whatever this is to? And then you're going to forget. So do it after you leave or once you get back in the car. And then my final tip is you want to make sure that you stay safe. 
I cannot tell you to go on all of these tours without coming into you and saying you need to stay safe. If you are going alone, make sure you check your surroundings. Make sure you just look around, vet the agent, vet the area and the building and the area of town that you're going to be in, and um, make sure that you just keep a um, glance around you of what is happening. Because in today's age and world, a lot of crazy things happen while you are alone in these areas. And if you are in a um, kind of warehouse district, I need you to make sure that you check your surroundings. And if you can, make sure that you bring someone with you if they are available. Um, maybe you keep some pepper spray on you or something that makes you feel safe just to be able to defend yourself in the event that you need to. Fortunately, I've never come across something that I feel unsafe when I've been on site touring, but I definitely want to make sure that I mention this as going on site alone can feel a little scary at sometimes. So make sure that you feel safe when you're going. If you pull up to a property and immediately you just feel unsafe or there's an eerie feeling, drive away and reschedule that time with that person. So just want to make sure that you hear those loud and clear. And then my last tip for you today is spreadsheets are your friend. I love a good spreadsheet. If you've worked for me in the past or you've known me by any means, you know I love a spreadsheet. They're incredible. So what I would recommend that you do is keep track of the properties, the square footage, the pricing, the needs for the property to be a move-in ready, any updates, um, any notes about this place. Keep a spreadsheet of all of those things so that you can reference those back. Um, maybe you create a folder that you can put the photos in and name them by the address. But you want to make sure that you keep all this stuff in an easy-to-view way and spreadsheets are my favorite. And then the last thing that I'm going to talk to you about today is determine what your top three places are. I'm going to guess that you're probably going to look at quite a few properties, which means you need to determine what your top three are. And so if you are seeing for every 10 um, places that you see, you should rate those in the order of what you ideally would like to see yourself in. And so you're going to want to make your top three and then revisit those properties again after understanding more about that property. So those are my tips and tricks and suggestions of how to start this process of looking for another HQ for your building. I hope this episode has been really helpful for you. It is such a joy for me to record these podcasts and listen to y'all enjoy them as well. Um, I actually just had someone in our studio just in the last couple of weeks from Montana, and she said that she is an avid listener of the Render Podcast, and it was just honestly such a joy to see her in person, show her around our office, and just get to know her a little bit more. So if you're interested in coming to see us in Dallas, Texas, please shoot us a note. We would love to meet you and schedule some time for that. Thanks for listening to the Render Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. <music>